Welcome back, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning into our podcast. Uh, my name's Dana Brown. I hope you guys had a great week. Uh, what I want to share with you guys today is something that comes up quite a bit as far as somebody in getting involved in a new business or deciding to take some sort of risk to maybe get that expected transformation in their life. Uh, I'm going to title this podcast uh, Risk and Reward. Uh, you've probably heard it talk, talked about in some of the other lessons if you've been following. Uh, but it's something I've been accused of in my life is that I take big risks. Um, I don't view it as a big risk, even when it came to uh, starting out in the land investing business. Uh, my viewpoint was, basically, what do I have to lose? I wasn't happy uh, in the job I was doing at the time. I wasn't ha- seeming to get ahead. I couldn't seem to save any money. I know uh, my personality is such that uh, I need to have some passion in my life. I'm driven by by creating something being told I can't or the desire to do something that's out of my comfort zone. Uh, so that goes all back to risk. And the same thing, risk and reward. Uh, people say, well, I really don't like to take risk. Well, the way I look at it is getting out of bed is a risk. Uh, deciding to go out and get in your car is a risk. But what are the rewards to that? If you get in your car, you turn the key on, you put your belt on, uh, and you and you drive somewhere, the reward is you got to where you need to be. Uh, just like a race car driver. If, if you were to go ahead and decide you want to be a NASCAR race car driver, and you didn't educate yourself, you just decided, you know, son, I woke up yesterday, and I'll be damned, I want to be a NASCAR race car driver. And you go to the track, you got the money, you buy a NASCAR, you get a team together, and you get right on the track and you just put the pedal to the metal and you're flying around. Well, I would refer to that as as super high risk. Uh, You have no education, you have no training, you had the means to buy the vehicle, you had the means to put a team together, and you just got on the track and just hit the gas and went for it. Well, the odds are you're probably going to get killed or you're going to get pretty dinged up because you're going to crash the vehicle. Uh, That goes back to any business or anything in life. Uh, That's why as babies we learn to walk. We crawl, then we walk. So as we get off our hands and knees and start to walk, uh, as a baby we're pretty tentative until we build up confidence. As we do, we start walking from one chair to another. Uh, as you've watched your grandchildren or children just in general, it doesn't take them long that they're not only walking, they're starting to run a little bit. Uh, as they start to run from A to B, they stumble. But they get back up because they built up confidence. They're pretty confident that they can get this, and they run again. As parents were constantly saying, be careful, you're going to fall. But my point is, it's baby steps. Uh, so it goes back to the land investing business. Um, There's risk and there's reward. Uh, I talk about it in this course that I've produced, and I'll be launching pretty soon here, but it's the same thing in the ABCs of land investing. It goes back to knowledge. Uh, Like the race car driver, I think typically if you want to be a race car driver, first thing you'd go to a driving, uh, a place that teaches race car driving. You would start out in a less modified vehicle. 
You maybe start out at racing a car that does 60 around the track until you got your comfort built up a little bit and your confidence. Uh, and you would gradually step up until you got to a maximum speed of a NASCAR where your reflexes were tuned in, uh, your confidence was high, your knowledge of the vehicle, the mechanical end of it, the track, the tires, and so on and so on. Uh, you were pretty well in tune. You were part of the vehicle, and, and you were able to pull it off without wrecking the vehicle. Uh, once again, it goes back to land investing or any business. I preach become a student of the business. Uh, never think you know everything. Be willing to constantly learn. Uh, pick a niche in the market and then pursue that. And I also, you'll hear me say often in these videos, baby steps. But don't be one of these people that take a course and then want to stand on the sidelines. The only way you learn and you truly get your, your, your feet in the, get your feet wet and your hands dirty is to actually take that leap of faith and get involved. And when I say leap of faith, that's an educated leap. You've taken a course. You've educated yourself, maybe read some literature, picked up some books. You've spoken to some investors. Maybe you have a mentorship or some coaches, coaching. Uh, but you're at the point where you're pretty confident. You understand the business. Uh, you've determined some farm areas, possibly. You have a good understanding of the four phases of the real estate cycle. Uh, then I would refer to it as a calculated risk. Uh, it's an educated risk. Uh, referring to like something for the stock market per se. I know a lot of people I've, I've been around in my life that they listen to other people. They decide they want to take their money that they worked hard for and stacked up in a box or in the bank, not get much interest and decide to go ahead and take that leap of faith and, and spend a bunch of money or even a little bit of money they have and put into the stock market. And they invest in companies they're really not sure of. Uh, they don't know the background of the company, what their future plans are of the company, who the board of directors are in the company, and what their true intentions with that company are. To me, I call that high risk. Uh, and also, a lot of times, people will invest in the stock market through a broker. A broker doesn't particularly care about the individual as much as the points he makes on the trades he makes. So remember when I say that, they don't have a vested interest in you, per se. Their motivating factor is the commissions on the trades. I think that's how it works. So when you decide to pursue a new business or, or try to reach your expected transformation in life because so many people are unhappy in their daily grind or the situation they're in, then you want to educate yourself. You want to get the tools in your box. Uh, that being said... It's, it's like anything, and I'll tell anybody, and you may not want to hear this, if you're an individual that doesn't like to take any risk, uh, you, you really don't want to take a chance with money that you've saved, uh, you're just one of those skeptics and you're really not comfortable with get, getting out of your comfort zone at all, then my advice would be maybe to stick with what you're doing uh, because you're comfortable and go about what you're doing and stay in that in that lane, basically in the slow lane. Uh, myself, speaking for myself alone, my my personality is a little different. I'm not content just letting the world pass me by, life pass me by. I constantly set goals. I'm driven by being out of my comfort zone sometimes. 
But that being said, I also understand that in order for me to pursue something, I need to get the education, I need to get the tools in my box, build up some confidence. I've been guilty sometimes of getting a little ahead of myself, but the point I'm trying to make is that if you're not willing to take risk, then you're not going to reap the harvest, you're not going to have any rewards. I believe, and it's my opinion, that there's more risk in relying on a 9-to-5 with a big company and punching that clock and not truly being content with your future or, or your position where you're at in this day and age. I believe that's more risk because there's not a lot of job security more. Uh, bigger companies are folding every day with not much notice. Little severance pay. Uh, sorry, Mr. So-and-so. We're closing up shop. We sold to a bigger conglomerate. We're shutting down. Here's a month's pay. Uh, good luck. Same with relying on a 401k. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great companies out there. People have retired with wonderful 401s and different retirement uh, programs. But I believe it's a risk because you're not, you're not the pilot of the ship. Uh, you're not the captain of the boat, per se. Uh, obviously, the reason you're listening to these podcasts and possibly going to our videos on YouTube is because uh, you're probably not content with where you're at today. You haven't been able to acquire or to have the changes in life that you'd really like to have. Possibly limited in your, rev in your resources as far as vacation time, free time for yourself and your family. So that's why I want to talk about this in this podcast is where are you at with your, your comfort level of risk? And I say that pertaining to the land investing business because I think it's an opportunity that with the tools in your box, slowly building up some confidence, continuing to be a student of the business, you can really limit your risk. Uh, unlike the stock market, what happens is, and there's been times in history where you, you, you woke up today and you had quite a bit of wealth built up in your uh, your increased value in the shares of stocks you might have purchased over time. Uh, there's been a couple times in history where at the end of the day, those same people that were comfortable in the morning were broke in the evening. And there's even circumstances where many people jumped out windows, hung themselves, just couldn't deal with the loss. And, and that's a true shame. That's pitiful. I really, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. So that's one of the reasons I made the choices I've made in life. And I constantly reiterate the fact that, in my opinion, uh, vacant land investing, per se, is probably the best game I've ever discovered. Because if the market changes, you have some warning signs. There's some indicators that the direction the market's going in. You have certain niches in this market. You can pursue one of many avenues as far as how you want to build up and get to that expected transformation or to start building up some wealth over time. Uh, I've referred to long-term speculative investing. Uh, that's something that uh, if, you're, if you're young or even if you're a little older and you're looking towards uh, leaving money and inheritance for your children or your grandchildren, that's a time investment. I've often said if you do it right and you understand the business, and, and you look at areas that are circumference of a metropolitan area, and you look outside those areas, and you're buying on speculation uh, with, with the, the knowledge that eventually that area is going to expand, which we all know that they will, because areas just outgrow themselves and they need more resource, more land, more available space for 
apartment buildings, single-family residences, uh, retail, and then comes commercial, industrial, and so on, areas expand. They do it all the time, and they do it in segments. Uh, usually when the economy is strong, you'll see it a fluxation in the expansion of a particular area, a lot of these bigger cities. I think there's over 250 cities in the United States that have 100,000 plus people. So you can pretty much bet on the fact that those places will be expanding over time. So the reason I bring up that particular uh, avenue of land investing is because the risk is minimal if you understand what you're doing, you understand the four phases of a real estate cycle, and you're investing long term. Because even if there's a hiccup in the market, you can ride it out. Um, I've talked about it earlier. As a land investor, I've been doing this for 20-plus years. I saw a time a few years back when the early 2000s uh, were at the bottom of the market. The uh, economy wasn't great. Uh, prices had stayed stagnant on vacant uh, residential lots in many areas, and they hadn't moved in years. And within a couple years from that, in the, in the late 2004, 2003, 4, and 5, the market took off. And no sooner it took off, by the end of 05, early 06, it went into a major dip and went into quite a bit of a recession. Um, I saw investors, so-called investors, that really didn't do their homework, uh, followed the masses, as I say, never follow the masses, got bad advice. And, and I hate to say it, but I talk to many people all the time even to this day, that when I solicit a particular area and, they, and I say, well, do you own property now? Yes, I do. I say, well, let me get back to you. I'll come up with a number for you, see if we can work something out on buying your property. When I call them back generally and I give them the offer, and it happens quite a bit, and it's part of rejection, and you got to get over that. But what happens is I give them a number, and a lot of times I'll hear them laughing or they'll get very belligerent with me and say, what are you out of your mind or something on that on, on, on that, those lines and then before I, I just go quiet and I let them speak and generally what they want to express is that they I'm offering them for instance 5,000 for a particular vacant property and their response is you know how much I paid for that property well I've been in this business long enough to probably understand what they paid and when they paid for it and generally it's you know in 2005 I bought that property for a hundred grand and I'll be damned if I'm going to sell it for that kind of money. And, and I understand their point. They're adamant about their loss. Uh, they've, they've carried the cost over these years since 05 or whatever the year was when they invested. And, and they really didn't understand the game when they got into it. Probably took some bad advice. And, and in my opinion, I'm, I'm talking about this because that's high risk. Uh, not understanding the game. Not being a student of that particular business. I've worked most of the years to save up a nest egg of money, possibly take your 401 retirement money, and then follow the masses and invest in vacant land because that's the thing to do today, like the gold rush. I refer to it often in these lessons as the sixth and sixth, fifth, sixth, and seventh man out, meaning I was buying stuff, or, or smart investors were buying around assessed value, and in a short time, the market got inflated and these numbers went through the roof. And here come these so-called investors that bought at a major premium. And not only did they buy at a premium, when the market started crashing, there was still opportunity to, to take and, and exit, exit that strategy and, and recoup some of your, your investment. Uh, as I refer to as an exit strategy, I always have an exit strategy. 
And they were either reluctant or they chose not to because they wanted to wait until they recouped their investment. Well, that's high risk to me, especially as you get older in years, up in years. You know, I, I talk to a lot of people and I can tell without asking their age, they're getting up there in age. And they're pretty adamant about the fact that they don't want to give up and take a loss. Well, you've often heard the term bird in hands better than two in the bush. So I say this because it pertains to your comfort level of risk. And what I'm saying is, with any business, the more education you have, knowledge is the tools you need to succeed. In land investing, there's information out there, there's ways to obtain all this knowledge, whether it's through courses that are available, such as mine or other people's. There's one-on-one -on -one coaching that I'll be offering. Other people offer it as well. There's plenty of books and literature out there on this stuff. To be educated is to be a much sharper investor. Don't follow the masses. Make your own calculated decisions on knowledge, not on scuttlebutt somebody else's advice, an in-law or a son-in-law, a relative or a close friend at the bar. You know, Bob, you should take this money. It's the best thing in town. It's the next gold rush. These things are going through the roof. I've seen it over and over again. That's why so many people are skeptical now about land investing because they're, they're uh, scarred from the experience they made in years earlier. That's a high-risk deal. If you want to be a land investor and you understand your level of comfort when it comes to risk, then that can be controlled pretty much. You know, if you decide you want to do wholesaling and you want to do short-term wholesaling, well, in my course, as well as other people's, I'm sure they teach it as well, there's ways to monitor that risk. People ask me all the time, they reach out to me, how much do you think I need to start as far as money as a land investor? My advice usually, and the first thing I tell them is, first thing to do is get your tools in your box. Get some education. As you get more comfortable and more confident with the education you're getting, you don't need to inundate you with everything under the sun because that, it's not that complicated. Understand the steps it takes. Understand the value of a deal and, and the things I teach. And once you have all these things under your belt and you have a good understanding of this, most of all I emphasize understand the four phases of real estate cycle. Don't be greedy. Build a team. Uh, talk to the right people, like-minded people. Constantly be out there networking. As you do this, you build up confidence. And then my next bit of advice is whatever you invest, don't be afraid to get your feet wet. Get in the game. You're going to learn more from being in the game than you ever will from teachers, books, videos. You need those tools many times to get in the game and get an understanding of the business and how the whole process works. But being in the game, being in the driver's seat is where you really learn most of your stuff. But if you're one that doesn't want to take risk and you're not happy with your life but you don't want to take a chance and lose anything, then my advice would be probably land investing is not for you. But if you're going to invest and you're looking for advice as far as minimal investment, the first investment you've got to do is get educated. Then you can start out with a couple few grand if you'd like. Maybe do some flips like I say. Do some small flips. Buy as low as you can. It's a numbers game. There's a lot of rejection. 
but on on a, on a thousand solicitations, there's a good chance you'll pick up a couple, sometimes three or four or five deals. They're only deals when you buy right. I've often said you make your money on your buy, not on your sell. So hear what I'm saying. And I create these, these podcasts and I create these videos because I teach a lot about the structure of the land investing business. But I'm truly sincere when I tell all of you folks, future students, just people trying to get more information, curious about the business, see if it's for them or not for them. I want to touch base and, and give you as much information as I can for you to make a, an educated decision on what you're, if you're going to pursue this, whether you don't want to pursue this, and, and, and your comfort level of as far as risk. We always say, and you often hear, if you don't take any risk, there's no reward. The wealthiest people in the world, the 1% of the world, I guarantee if you've read any of their books, they failed many times. Most multimillionaires, billionaires, it's not their first time around. They've, they've created businesses, made bad decisions, lost their money. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs will tell you the same story. It, it, it's almost like they're reading from the same script. Oh, I started this. I was a millionaire, lost it all, did this. But I'm at the point now that, you know, I know how to manage my money. I'm making the right decisions. I educated myself from my mistakes. I moved forward, <clears throat> excuse me, and I'm in a position now that I'm much more comfortable with the investments I've made, with the business ventures I'm into. So remember that, guys and girls. With no risk, there's no reward. But with risk, in order to take risk, you need to educate yourself first to, to minimize the risk. Like I say, I think there's more risk in relying on a big company to give you a 401 or some type of retirement plan, there's more risk with hoping that tomorrow the do do job will be there for you, that the clock will be there for you to punch. And I think more so than any of that is there's more risk in, in, in thinking that your life is going to be different than what it is today without making change and being willing to take a little risk to, to, re, re, to reap some type of reward to possibly reach that expected transformation. And once again, folks, you know, it's about knowledge and it's about building up confidence. You guys can do this, you know, and you can't be afraid of rejection. You can't be afraid of falling because we all fall. We truly do. And I've, and I've told, talked about it in other lessons. I'm not too, I'm not too proud to admit that I've tried a lot of businesses. I truly have. And, and I use the term fail. I don't think that's the correct term. I wouldn't say I failed or refer to it as failing. But usually what happened was me, with me when I was younger is I didn't stick with it long enough to succeed. I think my business choices a lot of times were good ones. I think there was opportunity in, in the pursuits that I made I think like many of us, we got discouraged, or I got discouraged. I talked myself out of it, gave up on that business opportunity per se, uh, and then went back to my comfort zone. It's partially because of the risk, like, wow, I'm taking a chance here, you know, and I'm putting myself in a position that, 
you know, I'm getting very uncomfortable because this isn't working. But I must say, honestly, that I think most of the time that we don't succeed is because we quit before we get there. Uh, I read a lot of Zig Ziglar, at least I used to, and he talks about one scenario where this person was trying to swim across the English Channel. And uh, I want to say, as I recall, he refers to, I think it's a lady, and, and she had tried it a couple, three times and never succeeded. And he said the shame of it was that one particular time, I want to say if I'm getting this right, that she was within, I don't know, she was very close to the other side. But because on this particular attempt, it was very foggy, she couldn't see the end. So because she couldn't see the end, she gave up before she got to the other side. But he said the irony was, and the shame of this whole thing was, that because she gave up, she never realized how close she was to success. And I bring that up because I think so many of us have stories like this. We find out later, geez, we, we, as we mature, we realize we could have done that. But for some strange reason, we listened to the wrong advice, or we listened to our subconscious, or we listened to that little person in our brain saying, what are you, crazy? You can't do this. You're taking a chance. This is no good. This is too much risk. You need to get back in your comfort zone. <laughs> guys, guys and girls, when I tell you that, think about what I'm saying. If you truly want change in your life, try to understand that there, with risk there's reward. But with any business, if you educate yourself, you eliminate a lot of the risk. Don't rely on somebody else to get you to that place you want to be. It all starts with you. It starts with getting tools in your box. It starts with building confidence, even if it's baby, baby steps, even if you don't invest for the first year. I've even said in one of the videos, try working your own farm area. Once you get some tools in your box, drive around, find some vacant land with some signs for sale by owner, and call them up, even if you have no money, and, and try to be a creative mind of investor. Build a rapport with the seller. Introduce who you are. I live in the area. I saw you for sale by owner. I just want to ask you some questions about the land. How long have you owned the property? And they'll tell you. Uh, what's the reason you're selling the property, ma'am or sir? Well, such and such. Well, um, you know, I really love your property. I'd be interested in possibly purchasing it. Would you be interested in maybe owning financing? Uh, they, they may reject you and say, no, I want cash. Okay, now what was that price again? Now, do you need to sell right away? Is there an opportunity that I can possibly put an option on the property? If they don't understand what an option is, you explain to them from what you've learned in the course. There's more than one way to skin a cat. And I always preach being creative. But the reason I say this, do this with no money, and even if you're not intending to buy, practice those methods. Because like with anything... As you build up confidence and you understand that you are able to do this and you are capable of doing this and you're getting over the rejection of people saying, no, I'm not interested. Because no, most of the time with the rejection, and I'm going to talk about that in another podcast in the future, we have a tendency if we haven't learned about rejection, haven't handled it properly, as soon as someone says no, we turn around and run. We don't have a rebuttal. We don't have any recourse for what they said. A lot of times people take it, we take it personal. And what happens is it eventually shuts us down. Well, he won't let me in. He said no. 
Uh, she turned me down. I asked for the job and they said no. I mean, I hear stories where some of these actors and actresses have had 500, 600, 700, 1,000 no's before they got a yes. And that yes snowballed into another yes. And before they know it, they're, they're on a major, they're in a movie, major movie production, and they're a movie star. But it's, I, I get truly inspired when I hear people that, I, that talk about how many times they were rejected or fell, but never quit, never gave up because they never knew, they, they knew that they were close and they weren't going to take no for an answer. So that's my podcast for the day, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. And like I said, these things that I come up with for these podcasts are experiences that I've had. I'm sharing a lot of my psyche with you, some of my, my flaws, some of the things I've learned, some of the experiences I've, I've applied to be more successful in land business. I truly want you guys, whether it's the land business or whatever else you pursue, to learn some of these lessons, get over some of these drawbacks you may have, some of the the confidence flaws you have, and, and slowly understand that we need to take risk in life. If we stay in the bed and we're afraid to get up because we're going to fall, then we never can truly start our day. If when we're growing up and, we're, and you're older now and you're listening you have a husband and wife, it took somebody's initiative. It took somebody's taking a chance, taking some risk, to either you walk over to them or she walked over to you, introduce yourselves, and then you took baby steps. It's like in, in the relationship game. They say, you know, in order to start dating somebody, it takes eye contact. And then it takes one of the other persons, one of the people in the, in the, with the eye contact to go over to each other. Somebody goes to someone, introduce themselves. And then you start building rapport. Then maybe you say, let's take, can we go over here? Maybe we want to dance for a minute. If the person says, sure, that's the first step to building a relationship. Then from then, maybe we should go over here and talk for a little bit. Maybe get to know each other a little bit better. What's happened is you've already gone on four dates on the first date. You're starting to open the doors. You're getting over that fear of rejection. You know, my dad taught me as a young guy. He says, if you don't ask, you don't get. You know, a lot of young cats, they grow up and there's this most beautiful girl in the world in their mind, and they spend their whole middle school or youth being intimidated, being afraid to ask. And I've seen it happen over and over again, even in my adult life. You know, guys are intimidated by some beauty, and same with women. Now, oh, I couldn't approach him. He's too good for me. He's too good looking. He doesn't want me. And then their friend turns around and starts dating him. And you think to yourself, oh, my God. I should ask that person. Well, don't live your life with regret. And I say it in one of these audios. I don't want any of you guys to look back later and say, geez, I wish I tried that. I could have done it. Get your tools in your box. Build up your confidence. Take baby steps. Make small initial investments. Practice with no money at first. Start talking to people. Get coached if you need to. It's all available, guys. And when you decide you're ready to do it, Get your feet wet and just embrace it. Make it a passion. Believe me when I tell you you can do this part-time and you can do really well. You can free up a lot of free time for yourself. You can create some pretty good revenue stream for yourself. So that'll be the lesson for today, guys. I really, truly, truly appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, if you haven't checked out my videos, just go to YouTube. 
uh, Massillon Investing University. I think I have about 60-something available uh, videos. Uh, if you like them, please subscribe. I'm going to be launching my course, I said probably tentatively the middle of the month. That's still our goal. It may extend a week or so, hopefully not much longer than that. But I'll be, I'll be notifying everybody uh, via YouTube once it's launched. So thank you guys again. I really appreciate you guys listening. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. Go out there and inspire someone if you can. But start practicing that. Uh, practice changing your mindset. Not being afraid to fall. Think about the ones that have everything that you might desire to have as well. Think about your expected transformation. How you are going to get to that point? What's it going to take? There's always risk, guys and girls. So once again, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you next Saturday. Have a great week. Be safe. Go out there and inspire somebody. Bye-bye.